sad, we'll miss you, but guess what? You're gonna be way better off than any of us because to be absent from the body is present with the Lord and you're there, you're, it's over. And so yeah, we'll miss you, but we'll catch up. And so as a church, our focus needs to be just like Jesus, those two groups of people. We have to be more focused on children and the lost, I think, than we ever have been before. I'll say amen, amen. amen. That's a good place to say amen. So um, that's just, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I had to share that with us today. But I want to kind of give you um, an idea of my schedule over the next um, couple weeks. And so uh, this Friday, my family and I are going to have a chance to go back east and spend some time with my family and uh, with uh, our family. And uh, Kedrick will be going to college here in a couple weeks. And so it's kind of our last hurrah as a family. And so for the next couple weeks, uh, we won't be here. And so you won't see us, but then we'll be back. Um, and then uh, we take Kedrick to college, and so we'll be gone again, and then we come back, and uh, then we have to go back over for freshman orientation for Kedrick again, and so we'll be gone again, but then we'll be back. And so sometimes I'll be here in the weekdays, and sometimes I won't, and so uh, if you ever wonder where I am, just say, hey, where are you? And uh, I'll let you know, but our schedule is going to be kind of crazy over the next couple weeks. And uh, so pray for us. We're in a, a life change situation and uh, haven't been thinking much about uh, Kedrick leaving. I know he has and he's packing and excited and, you know, you know, when you're ready to go and be on your own and mom and dad are like, wow, when did this happen? Um, when did I get married for 20 years and have children that went to college? And so... Um, yeah, so if you show up on Sunday and we're not here, um, we're either in New York City or Pennsylvania or we're in Minneapolis, we're somewhere, uh, but we'll be back. And then I'll be back on Labor Day Sunday and most of you will be gone. And, uh, <laughs> and so we'll come back together like September the 9th and, uh, and it'll be a glorious reunion. And uh, so yeah, it is what it is. So um, God be praised. <laughs> All right, I, uh, today I've, I haven't preached for two weeks now, this is kind of a weird Sunday because I'm sandwiched between uh, not preaching for two weeks because we had a missionary and then we had the lunchrooms and then I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks. And so um, trying to, this whole week, I'm like, Lord, I can't say everything that I want to say. I'm going to be gone for so long. And, uh, but I wanted to deal with this topic of hearing God's voice. And for some of you, what I share today is going to be like old news. And for some of you, this is going to be maybe some brand new information, but you know, as Pastor John was even just sharing now about, God, we need to encounter you. For some of us, we, we think of Sunday worship service as a time when we need to encounter God. But here's the thing. I need to encounter him every moment of my life. Um, and, and we'll encounter him better as a group in this room if we learn to encounter him daily in our lives. In fact, we'll learn to hear him and minister for him and respond to him and the gifts of the spirit will operate better in here if we actually look for that out there and we expect God to do it all the time. And so this is a really important topic and for some people, they feel like they're hearing God but they don't know and so um, to kind of get a, an idea of what uh, we're talking about, I've got some voices that I want you to listen to and I want you to be able to tell me who you're hearing. I mean, how do I know if what I'm hearing is God? How do I know if what I'm hearing is something else? And so, I, I, who is this? You there seems me. to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. 
Who's that? Buzz that was Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, Tim Allen. Okay, okay, ready? Ready, here we go. I don't know if it was an overreach. I think that they either needed to move faster or slower. Yeah. Ah, President Clinton. That's right. There you go. All right, here's one. Here's one you should know. Getting our coffee at Starbucks and then just going right out or eating our McDonald's in the car. And we do that with the Lord. We just go in and we pray real quickly and we read a little bit in the Bible and then we leave. But we never actually meet with the person, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and some of you are like, I know I've heard that voice. Robert Morris, pastor of Gateway Church. Good, good. Okay, here's one. If you're over the age of like 25, you might not know this one. But if you do, you know, just don't say anything. Yeah, here you go. Um, how do we choose what made the cut? I think uh, after time, I mean, I was in a kind of a weird place, so the music I was making was kind of reflecting that. And um, I just wanted to make music that was gonna like, make people happy and like, inspire them, and so it kind of just switched directions. And so with this project, I worked with a lot of cool people. I worked with like Skrillex, <laughs> Diplo, Kanye, and it just so like, like shifted huh? in this cool, um, Who is just it? a different element, and it was, I just like the direction we're going. It's the Bieber. That's right, Justin Bieber. Yeah, there you go. Some of you are like, huh? When I, when I played these for Pastor John, he's like, well, in our defense, his voice has changed like 10 times. <laughs> okay, here's one for all of you. You know, you know who you are. Decide you must how to serve them best. If you leave now, help them you could, but you will destroy right. all for which they have fought and that? suffered would be my friend Yoda. All right, here's a blast from the past. The world is fast and furious. It's hard to keep up with all the latest gadgets like laptops and mobile <laughs> phones and time machines. For those of you who struggle, here's some rules for technology fools. <laughs> Mr. T. All right, I had to put this one on for Mark Apple. I've been kicking around Hollywood a long time. I've made a lot of pictures out here, all kinds. And some of them have been westerns. The crazy and that's thing, what I don't I'm know here to, to tell you stop. about tonight. A western. <laughs> a new television show called Gunsmoke. No, I'm not in it. I wish I were, though, because I think it's the best thing of its kind that's come along. All right, here you go. A Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, do you know which version? We all know that God has sent you to teach us. It's the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. So if you use that one, all right, this one, this one might be a little harder for some, but uh, it's listen a horrifying drug. But I woke up in my life in 1997 and I was depressed and I didn't even realize it. You know, I found myself really disconnected with what it is I did, the career that I had, the, the, the my my world as it related to tennis. I hated. I hated myself. I hated myself probably even worse. Yeah, Andre Agassi. I wanted to be Andre Agassi. I was like, just wanted to be him. Okay, last one. This one you should all know. This is realize that God's will for us is, is for God's kingdom to be brought to earth. God's will is for his lordship, for every cancer cell to leave every time because he's good. All right. He's kind. And I want to encourage you, exercise that faith. It's like, who's that voice? All right, so... You know, we learn to recognize voices when we spend time with them or when we hear them over and over and over again. And uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna talk through how do we know God's voice? 
You know, because people, I hear people say all the time, well, God said this, or God told me this, or um, this is what God said. And so we're going to try to talk through as much of that as we can over the next few minutes before uh, we let you go. But the first place I want to look is in Psalm chapter 95. Uh, Psalm chapter 95, verses 6 through 8, it says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people that he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. The Lord says, don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah and as they did at Massa in the wilderness. Now, Psalm 95 says that we are God's flock, or he is, in in a sense, our shepherd. He cares for us. He provides for us. He guides us. He directs us. He protects us. That's his role in our lives. But it also says those two big words that are huge, if only, if only. Now, he'll lead us in the paths of righteousness if only we'll listen to his voice, I mean, he'll, he'll lead us along quiet waters and into pastures, green pastures, Psalm 23 says, if only we would hear his voice. And we're not like the Israelites. And he refers back to Meribah and Massa, and that's back in Exodus chapter 17, when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and they didn't have any water. And so if you're in the desert and you need water and you know that God is your shepherd and he's supposed to protect you and provide for you, and he's not doing a very good job, but the people in that moment didn't listen for the voice of God, they just murmured. Now, you can't hear God and murmur at the same time. And so as a result of that, they ended up dying in the wilderness because they didn't stop and listen to the voice of God. In fact, those words, Meribah and Masa, mean quarreling or strife. You know, I just, looked at, I just saw a quote yesterday on Facebook that was, uh, or just this weekend, a powerful quote that said, whatever you overflow with bumps or comes out of you when you're bumped into And so the Israelites, as they're wandering and didn't have water, they kind of bumped into that moment, and what came out of them was quarreling and strife. And instead of trusting God to be their shepherd, their provider. And so God is speaking, Psalm 95 seemed to say, but are we listening? In John chapter 10 now, in the New Testament, Jesus teaches that same idea that he's our shepherd and that he watches over us. And he says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate will surely be a thief and a robber. So in other words, God's voice doesn't just kind of come in the back door of our lives. It comes right in the front door. Okay, so when we start talking about his voice, any voice that kind of comes to us in, in secret or, you know, in, you know, don't tell anyone else this, you know, God comes through the front door. He doesn't come in through the side. He comes right through the front gate. He is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name. He leads them out. And after he's gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. And so what I believe Jesus is saying is if you you come into the kingdom of God, if you repent of your sin, if you turn to Christ, you get the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And every one of us who has the Holy Spirit living in us, as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, many who are led by the Spirit of God, they're the children of God. Every one of us can hear God's voice. 
In fact, God throughout the scripture from Genesis to Revelation kind of says what he says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to live among you. I want to walk among you. I want to converse with you. I want to talk to you. He doesn't want us to just set aside Sunday morning next week at 10 a.m. to hear his voice. He wants to talk to us throughout the day, all day. He wants the first voice that we hear in the morning to be his voice in our ears. He wants us to to look to him for guidance, for strength, for wisdom. All through the day, he wants to converse with us. But it doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't just happen because, because remember, if only you hear his voice. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, it's interesting to me because there's a couple times in the the scriptures, one of them is in Mark chapter six, when the disciples are in the boat and they're rowing and they're struggling and Jesus is walking on the water and it says right here, he would have passed them by if they wouldn't have called out to him. He would have just passed them by. And some of us, we sit in a church pew week after week after week after week and all day long Jesus is passing by and we're just not calling out to him. We're not looking for his voice. And Jesus, when he was on the earth, if you didn't call to him, he didn't always turn aside to you. There's another time in Mark chapter four where Jesus tells a story in parables and the disciples don't understand it. And so he, he, they ask him, you know, why do you talk in parables? You know, people don't understand it. Why can't you just be clear? Well, by the way, they, weren't, they didn't get it when he was clear either because he said, clearly, I have to die and then be raised to life again. And he said it plainly, and they still didn't get it. So, you know, whatever. But he says to them this, look, I use parables for everything I say. He says to outsiders so that the scriptures would be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Meaning Jesus says things, and he he piques our interest or he intrigues us to see if we'll come closer And some of us are like, you know, I don't understand what that means, but, well, you know, I got stuff to do. You know, we'll read a passage of Scripture, and we won't mull it over, or we won't, you know, really seek the Lord and try to find it. We'll Google it. By the way, if you Google the voice of God, you got to be careful, okay? Because every Google site is not God, all right? So we, and we'll talk about that. I can't get too far ahead. So five things, five things I want to give you. If you're going to hear God's voice regularly, the first thing we have to do is expect him to speak. There are many Christians today who feel like, you know, God is never going to say anything apart from this book, which is so odd to me because most of them who are married, I say, well, how do you know that, you know, that's who you're supposed to marry? And well, God, God showed me or God led me or God gave me peace. Well, isn't that speaking? I mean, how, if he's never going to say anything outside of this book. Now, yes, he will never say anything contrary, but why do we even pray and ask for guidance? God, should I take this job or not take this job? Because he's not going to speak. Well, he is going to speak. In fact, from Genesis to Revelation, he shows us that he is a conversational type of God. In Genesis chapter 3, he's walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve in the garden. He's having a conversation with them. God said this. God said that. I mean, even when we're told the, the story of the temptation, when Eve said, well, God said God spoke this to us. God wants to have that type of conversation. And in Exodus chapter 34, it says we we must worship no other God because the God that we serve is a jealous God and he is jealous or passionate about his relationship with you. You have got to understand, God wants to speak to you more than you want to hear him. 
How do I know that? Because he sent his son to enable us to be able to hear him. He's so passionate about this. So if you're frustrated and you're like, man, I can't hear God's voice, I don't understand, just relax for a second and remind yourself he wants to speak to you. This isn't hard, he wants to do it. But there is some steps that you and I need to take. Um, In James chapter four, it says when we ask God or when we talk to God, we have to ask and not doubt because if we doubt, then we're double-minded and we're unstable and we won't receive anything from God. Now that doesn't mean you can't ever have a weak moment in your life where you question, God, do you even hear me? I have moments in my life where I question, God, are you even there? Do you even see this? Is this even happening? But then I, I remind myself what is true. I may feel far from God, but I am never far from God. And all it takes is to call on him and he is there. Christy referenced the story of the prodigal son. And the prodigal son came home. He had this whole speech to rehearse for the father. And he said, Father, I've sinned against you. And the father doesn't even acknowledge the son spoke. He just turns right to the servants and says, Quick, get a robe, get a ring. Kill the calf. We are having a party. The son that was lost is now found. I mean, he doesn't even respond to the speech. That's how passionately God wants to speak to us. You've got to catch a glimpse of what's in his heart. He wants to relate to you all the time. He revealed this in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And thank goodness that uh, we didn't have to stay in the Old Covenant and Jesus got to come and give us the pathway. But there's a story in Exodus chapter 19 and chapter 20. And I don't have time to go into it in great detail, but maybe this week, read through this so you understand, um, don't miss this. Okay, in Exodus chapter 19, God tells the people, you know, I brought you out of Egypt and I I brought you, look at this, to myself. I brought you to myself. This is what God wanted. He wanted a people that he could relate to, that he could talk to. And I want you to be my my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. Uh, This is what I want. So prepare yourself because I'm coming down. And he gave them some things to do. Prepare yourself because I'm going to come down. I'm going to speak to you. And after God speaks to them, this is what they say. Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but don't let God speak to us or we will die. They were so afraid when God spoke to them. And Moses says, do not be afraid. God has come in this way to test you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. But the people stood at a distance and Moses approached the dark cloud where God was. See, just like many of us in the church today, we would love to hear God speak. We just aren't willing to die for it. In other words, we're not willing to kill the things in our flesh that keep us from hearing, but God, if you're willing to speak, hey, you know, you just open up the floodlines and anytime you want, you just pour it out, download, but I'll be over here doing my thing until you do. And you really don't want to hear God speak if that's the case. Just like the people of Israel were at the mountain and God say, hey, I brought you to myself, I brought you through to the cross and I've given you my word, I showed you how I speak and what I say and yet you're more concerned about keeping your life than you are about hearing my voice. Yeah, that is. So let's just move on to number two. (laughs) Number two. (laughs) Once we expect him to speak, let's prepare to have him speak. 
I mean, if we settle it in our heart that God is going to speak to us, then obviously, you know, we, we should expect that he's going to speak. And so 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this book, all scripture, is inspired by God, meaning it's the voice of God. And it's useful to teach us what's true, make us realize what's wrong in our lives, it corrects us, it teaches us how to do right, it, and God uses it to prepare and equip us. This is the voice of God. And so if you want to hear God, if I want to hear God, the question we have to ask is, what are we doing with what he has already said? If I am not regularly reading this book, I don't want to hear God. Because this is his message to me. This is his word to me. And this is how I begin to learn to recognize what his voice sounds like. Otherwise, I'm at my own mercy. I'm at the mercy of someone else. I could say, hey, I feel like God said this to me. What do you think? No, God, I feel like you're saying this to me. What does your word say about that? And we'll get to that in, in a little bit, but we've got to do it. In fact, James chapter four says, if you come close to God, God will come close to you. Now, get this. God is not far from any of us. We've already talked about that. But yet, now that we've come to Christ, the question is, are we gonna come closer? And too many believers today are just content to just hear a little bit of God's voice. I mean, sure, they, they think they'd like to hear more, but maybe not enough to kill ourselves, our flesh. Maybe not enough to you know, turn off the television set. Maybe not enough to put down the cell phone. Maybe not enough to quiet ourselves and just go outside somewhere where there's no music, no noise, no nothing, just God. You know, just this last week, we, we were in Rapid City, Pastor John and I, we were actually in Deadwood at Camp Kinship for the, the water tower network that him and I have gone to with other pastors. And this, this year, uh, or this month, we, we, on Monday, we're gonna go four-wheeling together through the hills. And uh, if you know me at all, that it just, you know, when I heard it announced, I'm just like, yeah, okay, never mind. Um, but, but I really felt like the Lord said to me, that he wanted me to spend time alone in the hills, just quiet. And so I didn't go ATVing, they all went, they had a great time, they came back exhausted, and I was like super refreshed when they all came back and like, what are we gonna do guys? And they're all like napping. And, but I'm sitting on a hill, and you gotta understand, I, I don't hear God in quiet, still, naturey places. Like, if I wanna hear God, take me to downtown Minneapolis, get me a cup of coffee and sit me on the street, and I feel like God is everywhere in that moment. That's just how I am, and so I hear him better with noise. When I study the Bible, I gotta have noise. But I, I felt like God said, you gotta be quiet. And so I'm sitting on a rock and uh, looking out over this beautiful scenery, and it's just quiet. And I'm like, God, I get nothing. I'm like, where are you? <laughs> I'm like, this is so horrible. Like, it was so, it was so hard to just sit there. But I felt like God was saying, you, this is what you need to do. Because you don't, you don't recharge quiet, but sometimes you just need to shut up, shut off everything, and just be still. And be still. And he did throughout the time I sat there and took a walk through the woods. I couldn't sit for too long. I had to walk around a little bit. Um, and so I felt like he gave me some thoughts and put some things in my, my head and I've and, uh, been praying through those, but we have got to draw near to him. And when we draw near, his word says he absolutely will draw near to us. He promises also in Jeremiah 29, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. And so if you wanna hear God, I promise you, if you set your heart on hearing him, 
you're going to hear them. One of the, the scriptures as I was sitting uh, listening, some of the things that, that came to my mind was this idea of uh, one more scripture I want to give you on this point from Proverbs chapter 27. Um, one who is full loathes honey from the comb, but to the hungry, even what is bitter tastes sweet. In other words, when your life is so full of stuff, even the presence of God, there's just no room. I mean, even something that's, I mean, when you're stuffed, I mean, you, go, you eat this big meal, and someone brings out this amazing dessert, you're like, get it away. Because it doesn't even sound good. But when you're hungry, I mean, when you're super hungry, even something that's just the nastiest thing on the planet tastes good. I went backpacking as a child one time, and we were walking through the woods, this 70-mile backpack trail and we did it over five days and in the middle of it people were replenishing some of our supplies because you know we couldn't carry all of it I mean I was like a hundred pounds less than that even and so um, we're sitting there waiting and we are starving we have used up all of our food and they were late and we're sitting there and my cousin and uh, the, another guy that was with us walked down this gravel road to a camp and uh, they, they were gonna see if they could get us any food. Well, they bring back from this Boy Scout camp uh, sardines and mustard sauce and saltine crackers. That's all that these guys had. And so we're sitting there and we're so starving and we ate them and they were good. I'm like, this is so weird. This is good. I can't believe it. And it was so refreshing. So when we got home from the backpack trip, we went to the store and I bought sardines and mustard sauce. They're disgusting. <laughs> I'm like, why did we even eat these? But when you're hungry, even something like that is good. And so many of us, we can't hear God because there's just no room. And you know, when you first get saved, here's the thing, when you first get saved and, and God starts to speak to you, um, he'll speak to you even when your life is full of stuff. I mean, he will, but when you mature and when you grow, he's gonna expect you, if you're gonna talk to him, that you're gonna put other stuff down. I mean, if, if we, you and I are having a conversation and I'm doing this, how long is that conversation gonna last till you walk away from me? I mean, God wants us to, to just be still and know that he is God. And sometimes it's not even just the junk food. Okay, I know there's sin and stuff, and, but sometimes we listen to so many sermons and we listen to so much worship music and sometimes God's just saying, shut it all off and just be quiet. Just listen and hear my voice. And so we gotta prepare ourselves for him to speak. That's number two. Number three, we gotta keep moving. We have to listen for him to speak throughout the day. Oftentimes, we start with the assumption that God isn't speaking. And so people will come and say, well, you know, Pastor Tom, I, God's just not talking to me. Well, here's the thing. As I read the scripture, God never stops talking. He's always revealing himself. And so why not start with the assumption of God is speaking and just start looking for where it is instead of God, are you speaking? Okay, I promise you, when you start looking for where it is, not if it's there, you will find it more often than not, okay? And we'll talk about testing it in just a second, but you, you've gotta start there. Hebrews chapter one says, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now in the last days, he's spoken to us through his son. Now some people take that verse to mean that God no longer speaks in many ways, that he just speaks in one way through his son. That's not what that's saying. In the past, he spoke many times in many ways through the prophets. 
Today, he speaks many times and in many ways through his son. That's the correct way to read that. Okay? So God still speaks in many different ways. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through visions. He speaks through pictures. Some of you get pictures in your mind during the day, and you're like, man, I don't have it. You think you're daydreaming. Here's the thing. The Bible says in us as people, there is nothing good at all. So if you ever in your day have a good thought, it's not you. It's God. I'm serious. It's not you. Because we by ourselves produce nothing good. You say, well, but how how do sinners have good thoughts? (laughs) God is not far from any of us. And even those poets wrote about God. Because God is constantly interacting with people, saved and unsaved, always drawing people to salvation. And so if you're sitting there, instead of saying, well, that's a weird thought, say, God, are you trying to speak to me through that thought? What are you trying to say? Some of you are looking at me like, Pastor Tom, you just have gone off the deep end. I promise you, God speaks. God speaks through the craziest ways. For me, whenever I watch a movie, I... God speaks through movies all the time. Christmas movies, of course, more than others, but, but all movies. And they don't even have to be like, you know, Dove family films. They can even be, you know, movies that, you know, we would sometimes say you shouldn't watch that movie. Uh, but God, I just feel like God is making points all the time through, through, through movies. And he says things to me or he, I get an idea and I'm like, man, that is so amazing. And sometimes I feel like I'm the only person wired that way and then someone else says it and I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not the only strange one. But for you, it's different. God speaks in many ways because we all hear in different ways. We all learn differently. We all understand and process differently. And I know that if you're married to someone who thinks different and processes different than you, you think you're right and they're wrong. (laughs) But you're not. You're just both different. And just because one person receives information one way and the other another, so just understand God speaks so many different ways. He speaks through people and through books and through creation. He speaks everywhere. And if you just start looking for where he's speaking, I mean, God can even speak to you through a sinner. If he spoke through a donkey in the Old Testament, he can do whatever. He is everywhere in your day speaking, and I promise you we are missing him more often than we're hearing him. Every one of us, we are, I promise you. He is so chatty and speaky. I don't know if that's a word, but he does it. And, and even through your enemies, God can speak. Listen, when your enemy comes to you and he, they just like say something to you and it's like crushes you and there's always some truth in it, okay? So let the Holy Spirit pull out the truth and just let the rest go. Find the piece of truth that's in there because even people, sometimes people have great intentions but their delivery is not so good, okay? Christian people, we're the worst at it because we, you know, we feel like we have insight into everybody's life and so, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us better than them so we, we wanna go and we wanna give them a word from the Lord but we give it to them like a fastball to the face. I mean, do you ever see Dumb and Dumber? You know, the snowball, boom. That's kind of like how we deliver a word from the Lord sometimes. But when someone does that to you, when the sting wears off, I'm sorry, I have that picture in my head and I can't get it out. I don't know what's going on with me today. Stop it. If you've never seen Dumb and Dumber, just go watch the snowball scene. It's just great, bam. 
right in the face. Um, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, when the sting wears off, just find the nugget of truth, okay? Just, what, God, what are you trying to say through that? And if you can learn from your enemies, you're gonna mature a whole lot faster than if you just brush it all off, okay? Now, don't be condemned by it because the delivery, again, the delivery needed some work, but, you know, stay teachable, stay humble, keep your heart open, and just look for God to be speaking. All right, number four, test what we hear. Now, here's the thing. You're gonna look for God everywhere. He's gonna be speaking to us all and he's gonna say all these things, but we have to know, is this God or is this something else? Because there are lots of voices out there. Proverbs chapter three tells us we have our own voice, okay? We have our own heart, our own understanding, our own wisdom, and sometimes it is just your thought. You want something so bad that you're gonna make God, you know, give it to you and you're just, you're hearing him. And so, and we've even learned, you know, if I really want this, I'm just gonna go ask this person, hey, do you think this is God? Because you know they're gonna agree with it, okay? Go to someone who doesn't think like you and say, hey, do you think this is God or do you think this is impulsive me? If you really wanna know if it's God, don't go to your best friend unless your best friend tells you the truth. Okay, go to someone who maybe isn't your best friend that, can, that knows your personality and can say, mm, I'm not sure that's God, I think that's you. And they might be right, they might be wrong, but don't trust your own understanding. There's another type of voice and that's just the voice of this age, this world, this human wisdom. You know, and so a lot of that has crept into the church, but Paul says here in 1 Corinthians chapter two, we do not speak with the wisdom of this world because the wisdom of this world does not understand the mysteries of God, the way God speaks. And so the more we get in this book, the more we spend time in prayer, communing with God, the more time we interact with other believers who don't think the same way that we do, the more we learn to hear God's voice and we can test what he said. The other one is the voice of Satan. Now, demonic forces can speak to us. They did to Eve in the Garden of Eden and throughout the scripture there are times where the enemy speaks. He interacts with human beings. He plants thoughts in our minds or he plants thoughts in other people's minds and they spit them out. Um, they could be, they, it could be me. What? Yeah, the, the enemy could put a thought in my mind and I could speak it out and all of you could hear it from this pulpit, like there's no, it could happen. It doesn't mean I'm demon possessed, it doesn't mean I'm no longer saved, it just means that the thought did not come from God, it came from, so everything I say, you have to make sure it's him, you gotta test it. The scripture teaches us in 1 Thessalonians chapter five, do not quench or subdue or be unresponsive to the working or guidance of the Holy Spirit who speaks. Don't reject the gifts of prophecy, the speaking gifts, the spoken revelations, but test everything carefully so you can recognize what is good and then hold firmly to that which is good. Now, everything that you hear is not gonna have a chapter and verse that lines up with it, but the more we read this book, and the more we align our thoughts with this book, and the more that we gather together with other believers, and we grow from each other, and we help each other, that's how we learn to hear what God is saying, how he's speaking, and we can recognize that doesn't really line up with the character of God. I mean, there are so many times that I hear people preach things, teach things, say things, hey, God said this to me, and, uh, and uh, it completely contradicts 
who God is in the word. I mean, it's like someone says, well, you know, this person cut in line in front of me, you know, in traffic, and so I went around and I flipped them off and I said, you know, God bless you. Okay, that's not the character of God. How do I know that? Because when Jesus was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't understand what they do. He didn't flip anybody off and it wasn't because his arms were just nailed to the cross. That's what was in his heart. So, so we, I mean, that's like an extreme humorous one, but if it doesn't line up with the character of God, it's not God. No matter how badly we want it to be God. And sometimes, but, but Pastor Tom, it's gonna make everything better. It's gonna make everything better. I mean, it's like, you know, you get, you're like, Lord, uh, we have a financial need and we really need you to help and so please, God, please help us, please help us. And we go to the mailbox and we open it up and there's a check from Citibank. Oh, thank you, Jesus. No, 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 no. That was not God's answer. Why? Because the, the, the borrower's slave to the lender. And if God is going to provide for you, he will not provide for you through Citibank at 27%. He's gonna provide for you in a different way. And so you, you have to make sure we lie. But, but Pastor Tom, it's gonna, me, it's gonna help. No, the end of that road is death. Don't take it, okay? Because it'll trap you worse than it was at the beginning. And so, you know, there's so many scriptures that, that help us with this. Um, Proverbs chapter 11, where there's no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there's safety. You know, there's this, a, this movement in our world today that I don't need to be a part of the body of Christ. I can just, you know, me and Jesus in the Bible and church on the internet and I can do whatever. I can Google the voice of God. Uh, the reason that we hang out as a body is because then we get to know each other and we get to know the impulsiveness of each other and the way that we think and we can help one another avoid pitfalls and mistakes. But you and, here's the thing, we have to be open to it. And just coming and sitting in a seat on Sunday morning is not gonna build relationships with each other to the point where we can help each other hear the voice of God. It's gotta go uh, deeper than that. In fact, Jesus taught on it, you know, two or three witnesses confirm everything. So if you're confused and you're like, I don't know if this is God or not God, get two or three other people that are mature in faith and get them to help confirm that word and make sure that that's what's taking place. The last part of that, um, I know we're running short on time, but I, I want to I talk about this. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Paul says in Philippians chapter four, you will experience God's peace and it exceeds what we understand and his peace guards our hearts and minds. The word for peace there is literally like our word for umpire. You know, when the umpire in baseball stands behind the plate, you know, he gets to decide whether that's a ball or a strike. Now, those of us that are watching at home that think maybe that was outside or some of the batters sometimes argue with the umpire, but the umpire's call stays, okay? Now, luckily, our umpire, the Holy Spirit, the peace of God that lives in us is way better than the human umpires. And so he doesn't make a wrong call. And he puts that peace inside of us so that we can know. And sometimes we pray and we know what God is saying and we just don't like it. And so we just try to you know, go a different way even though it's breaking that peace. Now, there are people that say, you know, Pastor Tom, uh, well, no one's ever said this to me, but you know, they, I'm sure they do to other pastors. Well, I have such a peace about being in this, this adulterous relationship. I mean, I have, I have such a peace about being in this homosexual relationship, so I mean, 
I, I have the peace of God. No, you don't have the peace of God. You have a feeling of peace, but the peace of God always lines up with this book too. Okay, so the peace of God that guards our hearts still has to come under the discipline of this book. And as we mature and as we grow, we learn that a little better. And then the last one, number five, we have to respond to what God says. We have to respond to what he says. There are times in our lives where it feels like um, God is silent. And there are times in our lives where it, it, it is like he's silent. I promise you that. Um, I've been through seasons like that. And sometimes it's a result of disobedience in our lives. Um, you know, Peter says, if your relationship with your wife, men, isn't where it needs to be, if you need to repent of something, it hinders your prayers. And so sometimes our sin can quiet the voice of God in our lives. And sometimes God tells us to do something and we don't do it. And then we're not hearing something else. And we're like, God, I don't understand why I don't hear your voice. Go back to the last thing that God said and ask yourself if you're doing it. Did you hear that? Go back to the last thing that God said and ask yourself, are you doing it? Because there's a psalm that says the Lord confides in those who fear him and he makes his covenant known to them. If I asked you guys, um, to write down on a piece of paper, like your greatest secret that you, you haven't told anyone, write it down and put it in the offering basket today. How many of you would do that? Maybe some of you would. If I promised I wasn't gonna share, I just, you know, I just wanna know all of your secrets. Some of you don't know me well enough to share those with me. Um, because you're only gonna share a secret with someone you trust. And yet somehow we think God is different. God, I, want, I, I need to know what your plans and purposes are for my life. I mean, it's my life. Tell me what your plans are. But God's like, well, you know, you haven't even done what I've asked you to do so far. I, you know, I want to tell you so many things. But you're not even being faithful with what I've given to you. And what does Jesus teach us in Matthew 25? If you're faithful with this amount, you get a bigger amount. Which, by the way, these are, we want those back today. So if you haven't filled one of those out, that's a, great advertisement for those um, checkups. And so please get those back. And so we have to understand that there are times where, where God is silent and a part of it is because we're just not doing what he's asked us to do. And sometimes when God speaks, we get excited about it and we start doing it right away. But then over time, we just kind of drift away from it. And then God gets silent and we're like, God, I don't understand why you're silent. And if we go back, and this is why journaling and all of these things are good, if we look at our lives, we can see we've drifted away from what God's asked us to do. Now, other times, God is silent just because he wants us to grow, okay? In other words, if God isn't speaking something new, don't stop doing what he said to do. I mean, we're just like, God, I need your assurance to keep doing this. Well, if you're not hearing anything new, that's his assurance to just keep doing what he said. And you and I will never mature or grow in our understanding of who God is unless we just learn to keep doing the right thing even when it seems like God isn't listening or he's silent or far from us, okay? So we have to just keep trusting him, keep responding to him, keep doing what he said because God speaks in so many different ways. Now men, 
I'm going to give you one. Women, there's one for you that um, you can just maybe check out for a minute, but I want to tell men. Men, if you're married in here today, you have a way to hear God that is beyond anything you can ever imagine. That is your wife. Because more times than not, your wife is right. Okay, we should have had our women plug our ears because we don't want them to hear this. I remember a time in our lives when we were youth pastoring here at Huron First and uh, the pastor told us that he was gonna be leaving and so we started um, sending out resumes and looking, you know, where should we go, what should we do? And a friend of mine got me an interview with a guy in Washington and uh, I've always wanted to go to Washington. I mean, so I'm like, wow, that'd be so cool to live there because I wanna live there and I'd probably go there and hate it, but you know, I I was like, you know, Starbucks, Washington, woohoo, let's go. Um, And we met this guy, they flew to Sioux Falls and we interviewed with them and on paper, this was like the perfect position. I was like, dude, we need to take this, I'm so excited. And uh, they, they called and they said, you know, I talked to our board, we want you to come. Here's how much we can pay you. So we talked about it. I'm like, you know, if we move all the way out there, I don't want you to have to work uh, because she was teaching and work. And it was like, why don't, why don't we tell them it's just not enough money? They raised it $5,000 a year. I'm like, oh, it's enough money now. So let's, let's do this. But Christy kept saying, something doesn't feel right. Mm. When she said it, I knew she was right. I'm like, mm, something doesn't feel right. I know something doesn't feel right, but it sure looks right. Mm. So we prayed for a little while more, and uh, nothing happened. So all of a sudden, he calls back, and I said, you know, here's the thing. I can't tell you yes, um, but I don't want to tell you no. And so, you know, if you need to interview other people and go a different direction, you know, we completely understand and we'll just wait. Um, And if the Lord, you know, releases us or we feel good, then uh, we'll let you know. And instantly his response was, come on. And he started yelling at me on the phone. (laughs) And instantly the peace of God filled me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Um, And so I said, you know what? Um, I'm sorry, uh, why don't you just go ahead and look somewhere else and we're just, we feel like God wants us to stay here. And the conversation was over and I told my wife and I'm like, wow, I guess that was, it looked so good. But that's the peace of God. Okay, everything looks good. I mean, it lined up with scripture. I mean, everything, everything was there. I mean, we had even told uh, Pastor Cuno who was here and I'm like, he's like, you need to take it. That's, that was his advice to me. <laughs> you need to take it, because he came from Washington. He's like, I know that church. I know that, I, you need to go. You don't get into Washington unless you have a, a way in. I mean, it's very, you just go. Everything lined up, except her. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great, because imagine, had we moved all the way across the country, and got into a position, I've watched friends of mine get into places where they serve under a senior pastor who is just so mean to them at times. And I think, thank you God for protecting us and thank you that me who likes to go like a billion miles an hour, uh, like slowed down enough uh, to listen to what you were saying. And so men, that's for you. Um, Not every time, I mean, wives don't get like too proud, but not every time, but more times than not, um, they'll, he- they'll hear God say, mm, before we will. So listen for that. Um, expect God to speak. Start preparing your heart for him to speak. 
Make room for him in your life. Make room for this book in your life. Make room for prayer in your life. Talk to him throughout the day. Everywhere you go, start expecting that God's gonna speak in there and be disappointed when he doesn't. Because if, you don't, if we don't start looking for it, we're just gonna keep walking by it. Okay, so keep, keep doing that. Listen for it. Test everything you hear. It is so good to be plugged into a body of Christ that believes this book is the foundation for our lives, that believes what Christ did for us is the foundation of our salvation. And so get together with the body of Christ. Ask them, hey, what, what do you think? Help me process this. And always, always, always respond to what God says. And stay that course until he says something different. Um, one last story for you from the book of 1 Kings chapter 13. It's kind of an obscure story. In fact, it's the unnamed prophet in the Old Testament. And this guy gets a word from the Lord and he comes and he tells the king, you know, you're, all these bad things are gonna happen and uh, you, this is the sign that it's gonna happen and uh, this is a word from the Lord. And it happens. I mean, the, the altar splits like it says and everything happens the way and his word is confirmed, absolutely the Lord. And um, someone invites him to their house and says, you know, I want you to come and eat with us. And he said, no, I can't. The Lord has told me not to eat until I get back home. Not to eat in this land, to go back home and eat there. So then there's an older prophet and the older prophet goes after him, sends his servant, go get this guy. And so they get him and he wants them to come home and eat with them. And he says, no, 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 the Lord says I can't do it. And he says, I'm a prophet too. And the Lord has told me that to invite you to my house to eat. And so he goes and he eats. And while they're eating, the, the older prophet rebukes him and says, why did you do what the Lord told you not to do? This day your life is gonna be taken from, I'm like, this is so like schizophrenic crazy right here. And the, your life is gonna be taken. And so on his way home, a lion comes out of the woods and eats him, attacks him, kills him, and sits there beside his body and beside the, the donkey, and everyone who passes by sees it. It's the saddest story ever. And so, you know, just because someone is a prophet of the Lord doesn't mean they're giving you a word from the Lord, okay? That's why all of these other things are so important to us. And when God has said something, and you know it's God, don't turn from the right or to, from the left until God says to do it. And we get ourselves into all kinds of trouble. And I know the pain of that. I know the, the thoughts that you have to battle. That's a war. Especially when it's someone maybe that you trust or someone that maybe gives accurate words all the time. I mean, I don't care if Bill Johnson comes to you and gives you a word from God. If it contradicts what God has already told you and you know God has told you because you've tested it with other people who know you and walk with you and you've tested it with the word and you're walking in that, you don't turn. Don't turn from that no matter what, because people like me, people like Bill Johnson, we can make mistakes too. And sometimes the Lord actually will use us to give you a word that isn't what he said to do. Isn't that weird? You might be in a prayer line and the Lord might give you a word just to see what our hearts will do to help us grow. Not because he's gonna smite you. Now, don't, no one's, please don't panic. Maybe I shouldn't have told that story. No lions are gonna eat you when you go home today. That, that's not who God is now. 
Okay, God is, because of the cross, God is so gracious with us. And as long as you keep your heart humble and you stay in prayer and in right relationship with the body of Christ and with people God has put in authority over you, you walk that out, you're gonna be, you're gonna hear God and God's gonna help you. So let's stand and we're gonna close in prayer in just a simple way. I'm gonna ask today that I'm gonna assume that everyone in this room wants to hear God because you know, for you to sit here for this long on a Sunday morning uh, and listen to me ramble and laugh at myself, um, you really wanna hear God. So I want you to just put your hand over your heart and I'm gonna pray that every one of us um, learns to hear God, not over our ears, okay? Because we don't wanna hear God with our ears. We wanna hear him with our hearts, our spiritual ears. And so Father, every one of us today, we wanna hear you. And God, we know that you are speaking. Your word, it, it so clearly tells us, God, you've been faithful to it. We've heard you speak in the past. Every one of us that's here today has heard you call us to salvation. God, we know you speak. And God, we recognize that we probably miss what you're saying more than what we hear. But you are so faithful. Your mercy is new every morning. You're so gracious to us. Holy Spirit, we don't wanna take your voice lightly. We don't wanna just be so flippant with it that we're okay with missing it. And so we need to create space in our lives to hear you. And so show us how to make that space. Show us the one step that we need to take today to be able to just start quieting ourselves, to be able to hear you clearly. Show us how to listen, how to, to look for what you're speaking and saying. Help us to pay attention to the dreams that we have. Help us to pay attention to, you, to even the pictures that we get in our mind throughout the day. And to write them down, God, to journal those thoughts that you're giving to us, those words that you're speaking. God, help us not to be afraid of missing it. Help us not to be afraid of making a mistake. Help us not being, to be afraid of hearing something that turns out not to be you, that turns out to be some other voice. God, we know that if we ask you for something that's good, you're not gonna give us something bad. You're not gonna give us a scorpion when we ask for something good. When you ask, we ask for a good gift, you're gonna give us your Holy Spirit in greater measure. So God, help us to be faithful with the things that you've already spoken to us. Help us to be good stewards of those words that you've already put in our hearts. Help us to find counselors from this body. God, thank you for this body that you've put together perfectly in this place so that we can grow from one another. We can help one another. And God, that all of us can hear you better than we ever have before. And so Holy Spirit, conform our lives to this word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you want to take some time, maybe you need to just quiet yourself now and, and hear from God, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. So we'll keep this room um, quiet and you can spend some time in prayer if you'd like. If you want to be dismissed, just do it quietly and save all your visiting for out in the lobby area. Let this be a place of prayer for those that want to spend a few more moments. God bless you as you go today.